Hello and welcome to Chicks and Balls, the podcast, a sports podcast by women about more than women's sport. I'm Marley, and as always, I am joined by my fabulous co-hosts, Keely, Dakota, and Georgia, a couple of sports tragics who are sick of limiting our chats about sports to our group message. So here we are, and we are absolutely over the moon to be bringing you the first ever episode of Chicks and Balls. Can I get a, a bit of a whoop whoop oh, from the crew? <laughs> Can I just say that's the first time you've ever called me fabulous? Oh, oh okay. Well, maybe you were excluded <laughs> from that. <laughs> um, a bit of context, Keely and I are related, uh, even though she probably doesn't like to tell people that that often. Uh, we will shortly get into the rest of the crew introducing themselves. I just want to let you know we've got a really great lineup for you today. We're going to introduce some regular segments that you can get used to hearing every week and you'll get a bit of a better sense for what we're about and what to expect along what we hope is going to be a very long and beautiful journey. But first and foremost, thank you so much for tuning in and being a part of this right from the the start line. It, it is very exciting. I know the girls are a little bit nervy, but we're, we're going to get through. Uh, if this was a visual medium, you'd be able to see giggles um, off mic and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and but, also my sweaty hands. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I'm <laughs> just trying to be transparent. <laughs> anyway, we're going to kick off with our first ever segment, and it's called MVPs. You're the real MVP. Each week, we'll award someone or something our personal MVP title for something they've done. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a thing that's happening on the sporting field, but rather just an act or a win that brought us joy this week. So to kick us off, we're going to go down to Melbourne to Georgia Moore. Tell us, how was your week? Who's your MVP? I had a great week. Um, it started with Keely and Marley visiting me in Melbourne, actually, which was pretty fantastic. Um, my MVP of the week this week is, and I will admit I'm quite biased, but the one and only Steph Curry. In the All-Stars game, Team LeBron won. Very happy about that and stoked to finally see LeBron and Steph playing on the same team, which was huge for both of them. Um, he also won the three-point competition by a country mile, naturally, and took home the trophy to the Bay Area, which is where it belongs. Um, and the game in total raised just short of $2 million for their chosen charities between both teams and between the three-point competitions and the play individual donations and so forth. So it's pretty cool. Steph donated $1,000 a point and scored 28 points in the game. So pretty cool. All right. Ooh. Also, like, because yeah. he's been copying a bit of heat in the media, eh? Like, people being like, he was a bit flat last season or whatever, and it's sort of on the comeback. I, he scored a ridiculous amount in the game not that long ago. I remember seeing that. But. Sure, no, he had a bit of an injury-riddled season last season, which wasn't great, especially on top of the COVID bubbles that the Warriors didn't quite make it into. So it's very nice seeing him back on the court and seeing him back in the All-Stars game, which is just, like, super entertaining all round. The dunk competition, the three-point comp game. Very quality basketball, and I thoroughly enjoyed watching it. Love it. All right, Keely Silver, how's your week? Who's your MVP? I am a big fan of his MVP, actually. <laughs> um, had a great week, actually. Um, two weekends, two cities. We were in Melbourne, and then um, on the weekend, this is leading into my MVP. Uh, we were in Newcastle, and um, we're up there for our cousin's 21st, and we were heading out of a pub, locating t- to the next one, and we hear this band playing and it's really loud live music and it is 
um, 20 Good Reasons. Give me 20 good reasons. Yeah, okay. That's what we're hearing. Yeah. Singing on the pod, yes. <laughs> Already first one. This, the cardinal sin singing in the pod. Yeah, and we're like, oh, wow, like, you know, having a good old jam. And then we keep walking and then the next song to play is In the Summertime. And then we realise. <laughs> oh, no, I'm going to sing again. Yeah, don't sing again. <laughs> and then we realise it's Thirsty Berg and we Google it and they're across the road absolutely jamming, having good old jolly time and it was so, so funny but so good and they were our, well, that was my MVP by a, a, a long shot. Super fun. Free Thirsty Merc concert in yeah. great entertainment. Dakota, are you ready with your MVP? Yes, I am. Oh, don't get hit in the face with a microphone. <laughs> so aggressive. Okay, so my MVP of the week has to go to one of my mates from high school. His name's Corey Philpot. He... Um, as known on Instagram as Cosfit, C-O-Z-F-I-T underscore. So if you want to go give him a follow. He um, competed in the world's toughest man. He did a a marathon, so 42.2 Ks, but attached to him he had a 1.5 ton ute to his back. It took him 16 hours, 12 minutes and 23 seconds. Why he did this, I have no idea physically. I know why he did it. (laughs) I will get into that, but I know. So many things he could have done, but amazing. I don't understand how he did it either. That's an amazing feat. He was doing it to prevent child abuse. So it's something close to his heart and his family's heart and his partner's heart. So, so proud of him. He's wanted to raise 30K. He's at 28 at the moment. The link is in his bio and his Instagram. So if you guys want to go and support a good cause, head over there. That It's insane. And there's like some pretty incredible videos of it as well. My logistical question is like, did he do it in like increments? Like, yeah. yeah so he, it was a circle lap, and he would do a few laps, and then he. You can watch the um, on his Instagram. He has a few reels and things like that, and they would rub him down, give him some food, and he'd just go again. It was. I just. That's <laughs> unbelievable. Unbelievable. Forty. I Very couldn't run that far. Let alone do it with a. Yeah. Car. Yeah. <laughs> Walking that far is hard enough. Um. All right. So. My MVP, first of all, had a great week. I'm on a streak of doing lots of fun things. This is 2021 year of fun. Um, for Molly. For me, because uh, I'm not very good at doing that. So I've been in a different city every weekend for the last three weeks. Um, just flexing, just living the high life, all those things. But my mum absolutely killed me this week. Um, she's topped us all. I think she's done the best thing of 2021 and it'll be really hard for any of us in the family or anyone I know to do anything better than this because... She fulfilled a bucket list dream of being a mascot. And not only did she get to be a mascot, she got to be the one and only Bulldog, as in the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs mascot, on the NRL float at the 2021 Sydney Mardi Gras. And I have never been more proud. I think Keely feels the same. Oh, yeah. Couldn't agree more, but also haven't heard the end of it. Yeah, we're not going to hear the end of it either. It's honestly... Keely and I were actually just sporadically crying of laughter um, on the night of Mardi Gras because if you knew our mum, she's this tiny human who is a little bit uncoordinated and uncoordinated. (laughs) No, and there were videos of her learning the dance with the cheerleaders, and honestly, the joy—the level of joy—I've never seen that in her ever in my life. On Friday night, she goes to us, "This is better than Christmas. I can't sleep." 
learning choreography. She actually said to me when she got a text message from one of the head cheerleaders um, before it that, um, oh, they said I have to, they'll send through the chori. And I was like, oh, the chori, mum. <laughs> the chori, the choreography. And she was like, oh, okay, okay. Can we confirm if Deb was sneaking champagnes inside the mascot helmet? Um, I don't think she managed to be able to do it and she was sweating so much that it would have been like counterproductive. Like it would have just been straight out, I reckon, through the pool. But she, but she was well on her way on the way in. Oh, yeah, she was – oh, I do I, – I am quite proud of her. All right, so that's our first ever MVPs. Touchdown! Now it's time for a segment that we are calling Around the Grounds where we – dive into a couple of the biggest headlines in sports media from the week that we have been thinking about and talking about a lot and give our unsolicited two cents on those headlines. Now, the first one, we absolutely couldn't go past it. All over the social feeds, I think every second post, maybe the algorithm is just learning what I want to read. Um, but for me, I saw this absolutely everywhere. Earlier in the week, Kalen Ponga uh, posted on his Instagram story calling for surnames to be on NRL jerseys and specifically stating that he wants um, Roger Tuovasa-Shek's one before he leaves for rugby. And this was all um, in response to a picture of Charlotte Hornets rookie Lamelo Ball and NBA great Camelo Anthony posing for a photo after swapping jerseys on the court in the NBA in the States over the weekend. And it's just really ignited this discussion around, you know, why don't we do that in the NRL? The NRL is one of the very few, um, you know, professional sports leagues around the world that doesn't do this. So I want to open the floor. How did everyone feel about this um, particular discussion? And I think, Georgia, you're someone who we've spoken about this before in non-podcasting um, real life um, about, you know, <laughs> opposed to the fake life we're living right now, <laughs> about ways that we as fans of the sport want to see these athletes, I guess, given more of an opportunity to be humanised and have this like extra identity attached to them. So they're not just seen as these bodies on a field. And I, I wonder like what your thoughts are around what this might do and, and how this like it helps engage with, with more fans and also helps the players engage with each other. Yeah, absolutely. I have had a few conversations about this during the week with a variety of people um, and some players as well and surprisingly received mixed reviews. I'm all for the name on the back of the jersey. I've spoken to a couple of people who think that it could lead us down the path of Americanization, for a better word, of the sport and that um, – the individual numbers that represent the positions rather than the player on the field are a real reference point for NRL, uh, sorry, not reference point, point of difference for the NRL. Um, I personally would love to see it. I don't know that I would love to see numbers being changed. I like their position identification. Um, and from a logistical point of view, I can see why it wouldn't work so well in the NRL. Um, I'd like to see it though. It's interesting in the first season uh, Storm came into the league because NRL was so foreign in Victoria. The league did grant them permission to have names on their jerseys in that first year because no one knew who they were, especially the crowd in Victoria, and there are a number of new players breaking onto the scene, so TV audiences didn't know who they were either. Um, so I still have jerseys from that first season with names on the back of them, and I know that a lot of those older players really treasure those. So I think it would be very cool. Um, I'm all for it, but yeah, I think sponsorship would be a huge factor to overcome in that regard. Yeah, definitely. And it's, it's funny cause I was thinking about it, you know, at what point 
because we have some of dad's jerseys that has his name on it. And that's actually from like the Super League era. Um, so I think they did it then. Um, and, you know, we have them for origin matches and, and things like that. So maybe it's a question of like, it's something that you include on the special jerseys. We've been in discussions of helping out with a particular Indigenous round jersey that maybe is under embargo at the moment a little bit. Um, but I think about, you know, that whole process, there's so much stuff like sponsors get um, priority big time. That's one of the main things, I guess. But even for like the Indigenous round or the women in league round and all that sort of stuff, maybe that's when we can in- include those um, last names so, because a big problem they find is they're, they're really hard to sell um, during the season. So that could be an option, but I yeah. I feel like as you were saying, logistically, yes, we do have numbers for each position and that's our point of difference, which I 100% agree with and I would never want to see that change. But let's say just for example, you're talking about the Storm. If, say, last year Cameron Smith got injured and he didn't play nine, I always know Cameron Smith is number nine. I'll have a jersey with number nine Cameron Smith on the back and be proud of that and that is who he is, that's who he is. If he comes back the next week with 21 on the jersey and I wear the nine Smith, no one's going to look at me thinking, oh, who's this guy with a number nine on his jersey? Like, you know what I mean? It doesn't take away, like, if that's your position, that's what number you get and that's what number with name for that year is your position, positional jersey. And if you don't play that position every game, or don't have that jersey on every game, it doesn't take away from that's what position you're playing on the field. Mm. I think that I, I definitely, like thinking about the number aspect, I can see where the argument for it's a bit of an Americanization of the sport. I think that's, did you have two cents to add in there, Kili, around the, the jerseys and that? Yeah, I think it's, it would be a really good selling point. Uh, I think thinking of the, like, the market side of things, it would be really cool. And I know that growing up and like as a little kid and even young kids now, like how cool are you if you're, running around school on Jersey Day and you've got your favourite player's surname on the back. Like, I think that would be really, really cool. And I think in regards to what Dakota said, could easily, you know, you get named um, is within the starting team, within the top 30 at the beginning of the year, whatever that is, you get your jersey with your surname on the back. Um, and if you're injured or you play a different position, you just wear the normal jersey with the number and no surname. And then, like you said, having the featured games, if you're getting named in that starting team, um, for the important rounds, 100%. And people like Caelan Pong can swap with <laughs> two of us check. If it came down to the choice between names or positional numbers, what would you choose? Names. Names. Positional no, numbers. I would do numbers. Wait, what do you mean? You, you, so she's asking, would you stay the six, seven, be the halves, the nine, be the hooker? Oh. Would you lose that to put the name on there? Oh. No. Oh, that is for each, for each player gets allocated a number at the start of the season and they get to therefore keep their name and number for every game. No I think that what. then gets confusing because you don't know what positions yeah. they're playing. Interesting though because the Super League UK, which is NRL, they have one number for the start of the year. They're not positional. They get their name and number at the start and that's what they play. Often successful players will keep that number for their entire career. And maybe that's something mm-hmm. we could get used to. But what I want to kind of leapfrog off this, you know, particular kind of discussion that was raised during the week onto is kind of how this is about for me I think you're watching it specifically because it was Kaylin who kind of posted about it and who he is as a brand and as a player is a completely new breed of rugby league he's an insta guy he's got this all this other stuff kind of around him and a whole base of fans who love him for off field um, you know, as well as obviously what he does on field and, and whatever. And would the names, I think the names could be a shift towards 
this new this new brand of rugby league player who's who's a whole brand themselves. You know what I'm saying? And like really has their own identity and exactly. Yeah. And I think that that can only be at the benefit of the sport. We see those guys making podcasts. So many players have podcasts or clothing brands or so many things outside of rugby league that for me I think can only be a positive thing because it is a temporary career and there's such a hunger for it and we have lost support for the sport over the last couple of generations because of a lot of off-field stuff. So if the off-field stuff is positive and it is, you know... Whether and that's the main focus. And they're becoming Instagram influencers and stuff. I think there's like a real market there for followers to have their merch, including their jerseys with their names on the back. Yeah, big facts. And then I, it, yeah. I'm just like really voicing where my brain went with this. I really went into a bit of a rabbit hole. Um, but off the back of it, I, it also reminded me of a conversation that you and I had, Georgia, um, last weekend at Richmond, just living it up in Melbourne where they have real dance floors, by the way, New South Wales friends. It's really incredible. It's quite emotional. <laughs> um, how, you know, again, this sort of off-field or in this case off-court life and identity um, that we see of NBA players in the way that how they dress themselves and how everyone kind of looks forward to their game day outfits. Yeah, for sure. I think there's a few things here. A, we had the conversation about the dominance of sponsorship when it comes to league A playing jerseys and B merchandise, which is a huge thing. And we sort of touched on how much cleaner we feel the AFL jerseys look like and a similar thing obviously in the NBA and that where those clubs aren't so reliant on the finances of sponsors that they do have the ability to make their jerseys their own and make them clean and make their logos present and take out that what I feel sometimes can be a cluttered look that the NRL jerseys have. So that's one thing and that's obviously where the names and so forth and in my opinion merchandising come into play. Be much more inclined to buy a clean Storm jersey with the logo and the purple and navy and nothing else but when you slap a whole bunch of brands on there they're not quite as fun to wear outside of game day. Yeah, I agree with that. But did you see the that they named the most iconic jersey ever the Canberra Raiders fresh milk jersey? The Canberra Raiders. So just one, yeah. saying that, in saying that, hundred percent agree. But the most iconic jersey was one with the massive sponsor slapped on the front because everyone remembers that jersey, and that's such a part of their identity and their culture. But I think it's because it's a local sponsor, sponsor, and a sponsor that meant something to the community. And it's the milk. It's the it's, it's the Canberra milk. milk. It's the Canberra milk. Absolutely, for sure. But no, definitely what we were talking about the other week, Marley, was this personal identity of players, and I think that especially in Australia, we look at these players who we don't see too much of their off-field life spread out in our media in terms of what we see of our players' off-field life, but you feel like you have that connection to their personality or to their family or to their background or to what they're interested in off the court because you see them dressed in these awesome clothes or carrying this really cool merchandise or the way that they style their own club merch and so forth, and it just makes you feel more connected to the person, whereas our boys on game day rock up in tracksuits and polo shirts that are branded all over them. So all that you ever get the opportunity to see them in is this walking, talking, rugby playing brand billboard that goes everywhere to team functions, before game, post game, on the field. They are billboards. And we were just having the discussion, like you touched on, Marley, that does that take away the individualism of the players and does that take away the personality in terms of people in 
older school media who maybe aren't on Instagram or people who are that one step removed from rugby league or AFL or whatever Australian sport you're talking about, where they maybe don't keep up with their lives on social media. So all they ever see of them is this athlete figure and not a human. Yeah, you know, yeah I want to see what fresh kicks they've got. It's all I look yeah, like when we the NBA. I want to see the shoes, man. Did you notice, and 100% agreeing with you here, that – how massive did it become on those Insta posts and that social media when I'm pretty sure it was Panthers and Broncos yes. came yes. out in all their yes. fresh kits and everyone went yeah, massive yeah. over it. And everyone was like, oh, my God, look how good they look. They're like real people with real kits and they look fresh. Like It was massive. So you're 100%. Like they walk out and all we see is them is in para gear, storm gear, bulldogs gear. You never see them who they are. Mm. That's how you express yourself, through your clothes and things. And mm. as soon as everyone did, everyone's like, wow. For sure. AFL did something similar in their X competition, which was sort of a pre-season round-robin tournament with um, altered rules last year. And they did the full NBA rock-up where they had the press boards behind them. And it was such a big focus point of the game. But even with the All-Stars game today, like I sat there watching the pre-game to see what everyone arrived in. James Harden was in this like clear raincoat and it was a very sunny day outside and everyone had lots to say about it, but it was so fun. It's also about inviting people in to be a part of sporting culture and sporting community who don't necessarily like sport. I mean, I don't know that many people who don't like sport, period. But, you know, if you're not a football fan, maybe you do want to engage with like you know, do a bit of a fashion police, like look at the the so, the kit. So who who's who do you want to see? Like whose kit do you reckon would be fire? I feel like we would probably all end up agreeing on this, but Callum Ponga. Oh. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Connor Watson oh. shoes. Actually, his, yeah, his Connor and Galen. <laughs> they're they're so they're good, so cool, so good. I mean, they're a step ahead of the rest of the league, but I feel like there's some fun people like Josh Adokar would have plenty to say on. And then, honestly, some of the dads. I want to see what, you know, Paul Gallen of old would rock up to in a game. That would get yeah. <laughs> some quality viewing, get the cargo shorts, polos. And I want to see, like, the girlfriends getting behind, like, styling them for the games and stuff. That oh, cool. yeah, a little but bit of BTS. How about um... – <laughs> To wrap, to wrap this particular headline up, see, I knew there would be so many things for us to be, want to talk about with this, but the big question, I know Keely's sweating on it. If we did, if you could have any player either currently playing of of the past with their surname on their jersey, who would it be? No, this is like a really hard question. Can we say like I was up last night just thinking, I actually don't know. I I know mine. Can I go? Yeah, yes. go. Melbourne Greg English. I want Bulldogs Willie Mason, and I want Bulldog Sunny Bill. Oh, oh, good one. Yeah. Oh, good one. Good one. Damn it. I knew. I was ready. She had that ready. Before we started recording, she's like, I don't know. I don't know. You knew. <laughs> Dakota. <laughs> oh, come on. I could answer Dakota's. At the moment, probably want KP's. He's one of my favourite players. He's great to watch. So I'd want his. But Are you keeping Kevin Foster or <laughs> yeah, yeah, big Kevy, love Kev. Uh, no, Kalen Ponga, please. But previously, I we, oh. I could we think we could all say I'd love to have one of my dad's jerseys or my pops' jerseys. Oh with yeah, their name Lord Ted, surely oh, the Far red out. V. I wouldn't ever wear it. <laughs> the red V, but would definitely be honoured to wear that with pride with the Goodwin on the back. Yeah, yeah. No, I do. I love dad's jerseys with his last name. On the back. We used to wear them to games. All right. So at the beginning of this week, we had 
the annual International Women's Day celebrations. And part of the reason we wanted to, um, you know, bring our podcast to life in this particular week is because of that. And also, obviously, because the NRL season kicks off tonight, which we'll get into in a little bit. But a massive and really cool story that I wanted to bring to the group, um, you know, is all about this year's International Women's Day theme, which is Choose to Challenge. Um, And it's about challenging the status quo, right? It's about challenging the way things have always been accepted. And a big part of what we're doing or what we're hoping to do with this podcast is choosing to challenge um, the current space uh, of, you know, fan and former player-led media or social media online to inject some female fan voices into the space, which is what we are hoping to do. And a massive, super inspiring story that I saw come out this week that I feel like really aligns with who we are and also um, is kind of very similar to, I guess, our ethos and what we're trying to achieve is that a brand new media company launched by four pretty incredible female athletes from the United States was launched and it's called Together. It is spelt like you would spell together, but the last E is replaced with an X and it has also been pronounced as To Get Her. Um, It has been founded by WNBA star Sue Bird, swimmer Simone Manuel, snowboarder Chloe Kim and soccer player Alex Morgan and it's all about changing the narrative and giving back to future generations of aspiring athletes because between these women I'm just going to give you a few um, statistics about them to to really understand how incredible they are they're not just you know like just athletes they're absolutely incredible athletes between them they all they hold eight Olympic gold medals and have each broken barriers in their respective sport In 2016, Manuel became the first black woman to win a gold medal in swimming, which is crazy that that only happened in 2016. I was going to say that's not long ago. I know, it's so wild. Um, Bird is in the top 10 in three categories in WNBA history and is one of 10 players to have four championships. Kim became the youngest athlete to win a Winter X Games gold medal when she did so in 2015 at the age of 14. And in, 20, in the 2018 Olympic Games, she became the first woman ever to land back-to-back, um, what is it, 1,080s? That's nuts. And then Morgan, who was a soccer player, was the number one overall pick in the Women's Professional Soccer League and won two World Cups before playing with the Tottenham Spurs after giving birth to her first child. So these are top-tier, incredible, groundbreaking female athletes. Um, but what they still find, regardless of all these, this sort of stuff that they have achieved, is a massive gap and a barrier in getting coverage for what they do in mainstream media. The, one of the stats in this particular article I was reading was talking about how many people watch the WNBA championship finals in comparison to you know, just the NBA ones and that sort of stuff. So I just wanted to bring it up as, uh, you know, to highlight this really big um, disparity that exists and also use it to emphasize like why we want to do what we're doing. Um, and whether we think, you know, this is the way to change that. How does everyone feel about this particular story? As a female who does actually play a sport that is starting to get traction and build and (coughs) starting to be shown on TV and things like that, which is great. Always have the debate, like we should be able to play more than four games like it should be televised all our Sydney comps should be televised it's one of the biggest comps in Australia like I'm so for it so for it until one person said to me one day it was like 
the reason they don't do it is because they don't make money off you. And as you said, they don't make, if you're not watching, they're not making money. So they're not making money. We're not getting paid. Then it, it's a downfall from that until we continue to do the hard works behind, which sucks, but every sport has had to do that. No sport just overnight became a sensation. They all had to build from nothing. And Unfortunately, that's where women are having to start. These sports already exist, which is great because it funds initially funds it, but we're having to prove ourselves on the court, on the field, as athletes that people want to watch. So then we get sponsors and we get money. So then we are televised and we are portrayed in certain ways because we are having to start from scratch. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 a hard line. We just have to do so much more work, which it's like everything that women have to do, we have to put in 10 times more effort just to be noticed. And would you say that then you're, you're saying the onus is on, you know, us as a society to value this sport and to watch it and be, you know, spectators to it in order to kind of show sponsors and that, that this is something that can make money? Yeah, I think um, a great example is the WRL. People are starting to get to games early to watch them before the men people are starting um i can see it on a lot of chats why aren't these games televised why can't i watch this why aren't you putting it on tv people are starting to ask the questions which therefore makes the companies have to go oh okay we need to this is a way to make money because that's all they want let's do something about this let's start televising them so i know that i think on facebook now on the nro new south wales rugby league facebook they're getting put up there like a live stream instead of which is better than no one even knowing it was happening so I think it is building and more people are asking for it therefore it is being uh, displayed more but I think yeah as you said society needs to show more interest in it otherwise it's going to go nowhere and that's where the people who support it and the players need to push on social media and things like that to get people excited about sport which is easier said than done. I think Killy, Marley and I were lucky enough to go to one of the AFLW games last week um, for Indigenous Round, which was really special. And on top of that, it was a Bulldogs game and a Bulldogs win, who are my team, so it was awesome. Um, And I think what the AFLW have done really well is find that niche where people want to watch footy, but they don't want to watch the women's league in sacrifice of watching the men's league. So what the AFL have done such a good job of is finding the niche in the market where that women's league just slots in perfectly and complements the men's league and AFL fans across the state can watch it all together. So they don't clash time spots. They've made the women's to be much more of a day game, much more of a family event. You find them at the local fields. There's family, there's kids everywhere. We were talking about how special it is watching young girls and young boys looking up to these superstar athletes but you're not putting them in competition with the men, which I think is a really important thing at this stage. You know, hopefully one day we won't be having these conversations. But if we're realistically speaking right now, these leagues aren't at the level or the fan base or the monetary base that the men's leagues are. So putting them in a non-competing time slot, in a family-friendly environment, in an environment and in fields and at ticket prices that are accessible to the fans that want to watch these games and build these communities. I think they've just done such a good job at doing it. And, you know, obviously the WNBA and those American sports are huge over there at the moment. And that sort of comes from their college feed as well, where, you know, university students, it's just so much bigger and so much better funded. Um, 
we don't have that here. So you have to be smarter in marketing decisions and in how to pitch those leagues so that they complement the men's leagues, but they're not in competition with them. And I just think the AFLW have done a really good job at that. I was actually going to um, mention that too, especially like when we were there, we're at the Bulldogs home ground um, and at the front they had um, correct me of the players' names, Georgia, because I can't remember. But they have like the pictures of how tall the male, how tall he is, and then they had the female athlete next to him and how tall she was. And I just think that that just shows these are the two star athletes from the two of our teams that are playing AFL tonight. Like, and I just think that's just really important, just inclusive of that. I think it's interesting that we we instantly gravitated to talking about the sports that you know, are male dominated and the the female teams are coming through. Because when I was thinking about this, I was really disappointed this week as a a very big netball fan at the little coverage of the Constellation Cup that was held in New Zealand, um, where, you know, it's one of the first international um, sporting comps that has been held since old mate Rona came along. Um, And it just felt like it was sort of an afterthought um, on a, so much of the, the kind of news bulletins that, you know, it's four games, it's Australia versus New Zealand, we, we do it, you know, every year. When I'm thinking about this coverage, I don't think that this um, Suncorp Super Netball gets enough coverage either. I don't think that, you know, we think about those sports that are female dominated and, and they're not, this is what this is about combating as well. This is where, you know, mm. not only are women the best at, at this sport, because this is our sport, netball, but we're like one of the best netball countries, if not the best netball country in the world. Um, so, you know, why aren't we – I don't know. I, I think that that needs to be part of the conversation as well. Yeah. Even though we lost. Second best at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ah, yeah. Yes. And we did lose the World Cup to them last year. Yeah, we're definitely second I mean, second not Marley. last year, the year before. Yeah, two years Jesus. ago. I just don't like to admit it. Um, but, yeah, I, I just think that that's – I completely agree. And I think that is like it's quite telling that we're instantly comparing – well, talking about the women's leagues in the male-dominated sports. But, yeah, it's true. Even your women-dominated sports like netball are not getting the coverage that they deserve. And, again, money talks and this is, you know, a issue that comes with TV audiences and sponsorship figures and all those sorts of things. So it is about, you know, pumping money into the grassroots to make it and with, with netball in particular, it's pretty interesting because it was only a couple of years ago um, when they they started this new form of the competition where the New Zealand um, comp kind of operates separately and so it is Suncorp Super Netball and they signed a TV deal with Channel 9 that, the you know, the starting girls don't have to have second jobs. You know, these are Australian diamonds, you know, the captains, the greatest netball players ever that have always had to have second jobs. And this is like only within the like this generation of girls um, that I have, you know, are making enough money to actually survive off it. And that's even still like not fully extending of the whole squad. It's like the best players in the squad. So, you know, I think that this is why this is really important as well is because is I think, you know, to come full circle around to, you know, what Chicks and Balls is and the fact that we're Chicks and Balls is a podcast, a sports podcast by women about more than women's sport. It's because we kind of reject the concept of differentiating between athletes based on gender. I think that athletes are athletes and we should celebrate them as such.
Now, this brings us to our final segment of the show. It is our ones to watch where we recommend what sport, event or even a Netflix show you should be watching for the week ahead. And I think it is almost impossible for us to even say anything without recognising the fact... Footy's back! The greatest game of all! The greatest game of all! In case you haven't heard us, we are a rugby league-loving community. (laughs) (laughs) And also because, again, this isn't a visual medium, I'm actually wearing a Bulldogs t-shirt right now. I'm really excited. I'm so excited. Oh, Keely has a Dennis Rodman t-shirt on. She wants. It's actually going to be my podcast t-shirt. Nice, love that. Yeah. We're going to bring that channel that. your inner goat okay. when you do these things. <laughs> Absolutely, and Dennis is the goat. Does that mean you're going to dye your hair green too? Uh, I'll get back to you on that one. I'm and marry go. yourself. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, as we've stated on our social media, we are about building a community around this podcast, not only to be having these sorts of conversations and inviting people who have not felt comfortable to be a part of them um, in the past to be a part of them for the first time. We also want to put a little bit of competition, a little bit of spice in this community, and we have started um, a footy tipping comp, which you can join. You just head to our Instagram. There's a link there and you join it. It will be – I'm quite hopeful – and sorry, Dakota, I just accidentally pulled your headphones out. Thank you. I'm quite hopeful that we can muster up by the end because it's a, a tipping comp for both the NRL and AFL seasons. Obviously, this kicks off tonight. So join, sign up, put your put your um, hat in the ring. And if you win, I promise you there will be a good prize. We've got some time. We've got some time. Um, we haven't mustered up a, a prize yet, but there will be one. Um, yes. I'm going to win it too. Yes. There will be a prize. Um, does anyone have any hot tips or things you're really excited about seeing this particular weekend for the NRL round one 2021 um just to show my two bias colors I'm going to talk about storm for a hot second here I am extremely excited to see how the boys go without cam out there I think it's a huge moment for the league community it's been around for 20 odd years now and they're finally taking the field in round one without it so that'll be interesting two new captains a new hooker. They haven't named the starting side that will come that will have been announced on Tuesday. Um, Harry Grant, who was tipped to be the number nine, is currently injured, unfortunately. But yeah, mm, really exciting. And shout out to the the cheese if he is named yeah. because he shared our <laughs> podcast and we love him. Yeah, the cheese, friend of the podcast, <laughs> friend of the podcast, friend of the show. <laughs> um, Keely Dakota, I just want to watch some footy. I just want to watch my doggies win. Yeah. I'd really like to start really off like with, with, with a round one win. That would be really good. Go the Bulldogs. Go the Bulldogs. And, and my, new, my new second team, go the Storm. All right. Oh, <laughs> I've converted. By the end of the season, it won't even be a second team. She'll just be a Storm fan. Through well, Ooh. that's not going to happen because she good won't luck. be able to live in our house. <laughs> I'll get kicked out. <laughs> um, Keely, I thought you were going to leapfrog into. No, I'm about to. Okay, here we go. I, I am not so focused on footy this week as there's a much better, my favourite sport. <laughs> I'm saying this quietly because I'm scared. Um, no, but, um, my favourite sport ever. This week is uh, the National Touch League Touch Football Tournament, which is um, our yearly national tournament um, with supposed to be every state of Australia. Um, I don't think WA is going to be joining us. Um, But, yeah, so I'm going away. I'll be actually in Coffs Harbour when this gets released, um, playing my heart out, hopefully winning. Um, But, yeah, so if you are 
want to watch something this weekend, get on the live stream. <laughs> when are you going to be on field one, Keely, so we can live stream you? <laughs> um, I'll actually, it'll actually be tonight. I think it's a you, 6-10 game. Do you want to watch Storm play Rabbitohs or do you want to watch... Uh, <laughs> well, you could watch a bit of me yeah. before they kick off. Yeah. Pump up pre-game. Yeah. Pre-game, pre-game, pump up. Pre-game. Um, but yeah, um, definitely check it out. The finals are on Saturday um, during the day and touch footy's the best. So just jump on Touch Football Australia, watch the live stream. I think everyone needs to get used to that. It's gonna, Yeah, I'm going to... Pardon? Said Keely is known to be a bit of a comedian on the <laughs> Yes, yeah, some interesting um, hand gestures and the like. Um, yes, great. All down, sir. All clear. Very exciting. All righty. Well, that brings us to the end of our first ever episode of Chicks and Balls, the podcast. If you've stayed on for this long, well, bloody hell, aren't you the best? I'd love to give you a big fat smooch. Thank you so much. Really? <laughs> what? <laughs> We're going to start that again. What's wrong with that? Oh. Um, Thank you so much for listening uh, and for everyone who's already been supporting us with the good old follow on the Instagram. And, um, yeah, we're going to be here doing this every single Thursday for at least the duration of the NRL and AFL seasons. And who knows, if we go really well, we might be doing this just all the time. It's really up to you guys. If you want to support us, please subscribe wherever you are listening to us right now. Follow us on Instagram at Chicks and Balls Pod. And get ready because in the next couple of weeks, you're not only we're we going to be doing this sort of weekly wrap up, but we're also going to be chucking in some bonus episodes that we're calling Halftime Huddles, which are interviews with some of our favorite athletes, um, which is going to be super awesome. And if you have any recommendations of people you want to hear from, um, you know, send us a DM. Get We love recommendations. We, we want, you know, the community. We want to, be, we want to keep working towards being better. Yeah, that's all we could do. Well, um... Catch you next time, guys. Have a good week. Yeah, we out. Oh, my God, sweaty. (laughs) That's the record. Oh, sorry. (laughs) 